We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 214 On this episode, we've got some news And then we'll be discussing Amazon's 2014 pilots Wow, that sounds like they have a lot of pilots <laughs> uh, There's only five of them uh, And then... We'll be talking about uh, some recent episodes of uh, Revenge, uh, Sherlock, uh, The Big Bang Theory, and Almost Human, uh, plus some TV on DVD picks at the end. Uh, you can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 214. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Kyle Nolan from noreruns.net. And Wayne Henderson from mediavoiceovers.com and underthedomeradio.com. All right. Thank you uh, both for uh, joining me this week. Absolutely. Great to be here. It's great to have uh, the voice of of Wayne on the (laughs) – it's going to make the podcast sound really good. I know. (laughs) In Uh a world where (laughs) – Where we can podcast about whatever we want. And to start up with, we'll uh, head into the news. And uh, first up, uh, ABC Family has canceled uh, Ravenswood after uh, its uh, 10-episode run. Which is not totally surprising, given where the ratings went to of that. They were not able to draw the Pretty Little Liars audience over to that new show. And uh, while I kind of liked what they were doing on that show a little bit, it just never made sense to me as a spinoff of Pretty Little Liars with the whole supernatural angle of this show and there being nothing supernatural about Pretty Little Liars, but they take place in towns that are just like an hour away from each other. Uh, it was just uh, really weird, but not uh, not surprising. Although, on the other hand, uh, with the way ABC Family does some things, I'd rather them cut shows super early than wait till like 30 episodes or <laughs> 40 yeah. episodes in yeah. when they cut a lot of their shows. Now, if they move that character that was on this back, is he suddenly going to forget about all of the supernatural stuff that was going on? I don't know. (laughs) Somehow they will have uh, solved the problem really quick or something, (laughs) and he'll be able to go back. Uh, Next up, uh, Adult Swim has picked up uh, Rick and Morty uh, for uh, a second season. That's a Dan Harmon uh, animated show uh, uh, that I don't watch, but... uh, it's getting another season. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> Amazon has renewed Alpha House uh, for a second season, which I've only seen the pilot of Alpha House. Same here. That's all. I, I liked it, but I don't have Amazon Prime, so. Uh, but apparently uh, no news on betas, though, I guess. Uh, apparently that, that may not be uh, getting a second season. Uh, but we'll talk more about the new pilots uh, here in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CW has renewed Arrow uh, for a third season, uh, The Originals and Rain for a second season, uh, Supernatural for uh, an unbelievable tenth season. <laughs> it's on its two five-year plan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and The uh, Vampire Diaries for a sixth season. Pretty much as you would be expected. None of the, like uh, the Originals has come out and done really well for them. Uh, Rain. A little less so, uh, but still done pretty well for them. And then, you know, Arrow has 
become one is basically their best show, I think, but is neck and neck pretty much ratings wise with that and Vampire Diaries. So no surprises really on them renewing those shows. Yeah, Supernatural is pretty much the only CW show I'm still watching, and yeah. even that it's like hit or miss. They have some really good episodes every season, but eh, it's not one that I rush to watch, but I'm still watching it. Although they did renew a couple of new shows in this uh, announcement, but not uh, not something surprising from the CW. They tend to announce their uh, early, the ones you know, the ones that you would expect, <laughs> like. And that always leaves people at questioning, like, what does that mean for the Tomorrow People or Beauty and the Beast or, or Beauty and the Beast or Heart of Dixie or the Carrie Diaries? Well, it depends on their development slate. It also depends on how well things like Starcrossed and The Hundred do here in the next couple of weeks. You know, of whether some of those things will be back or not. But when you're only programming ten hours a week, you don't have uh, a lot of slots. Although I would like to see them do more of uh, maybe some shorter seasons of certain things where because more so than any other the CW has less well things things don't repeat that well anyway, anyways these days anyways but they have a lot less other things like specials and stuff like that uh, to be able to fill off weeks uh, with than you know like award shows and things like right. that that show up on on uh you know, CBS and NBC and stuff like that. And so you end up with some pretty large breaks in the winter and, and stuff that, uh, maybe if they had some other shows that they could try out in, in those uh, periods or, or like this season where they're doing, you know, things like beauty and the beast are going to end sort of early and new shows are going to take the, that spot for the rest of the season. So they'll end up with the, you know, their Monday nights will have, you know, a couple of nights like that will have new programming, you know, most weeks. Uh, so that's uh, that's interesting there. Another uh, next up, another not so surprising uh, piece of uh, news. Uh, Lifetime has announced uh, that the upcoming sixth season of Drop Dead Diva will be its last again. <laughs> <laughs> at least they bad. know at least they know this time and they're not going to give some horrible cliffhanger and then be canceled. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, they, they've. Hopefully they they've known this going in and that they'll they'll be able to write to a, a satisfying conclusion, uh, which was the worst part about canceling after uh, season four. was <laughs> like four seasons in. You've had a lot of people watching this show for a lot, a lot of time, and to leave those people hanging like that, I think is just so wrong on the part of networks. Uh, I'm a big believer of. Shows go a certain number of episodes that the people that have been supporting that show deserve <laughs> an ending, you know, especially when it's something like this that has an ongoing, you know, big sort of story arc to it. So, Jason and Kyle, were you left in the dark and stressed out that you might not ever find out what's going on on Drop Dead Diva? I wasn't stressed out by it, but I was not <laughs> pleased by it. Uh, you know. <laughs> I, I agree with Jason on that. <laughs> I, I'm not. Believe me, I have no idea why I'm still watching this show. <laughs> but that fourth season finale was horrible. For even if you had just seen the pilot and then watched that episode, it was very unsatisfying. It, at any rate, if for any type of show, for any fan of any show, I'm a big supporter that if they've supported it for four seasons and some, you know, 
40, 50, 60 episodes or something. That's a long – that's a lot of time that you've spent for a network to just go, sorry, we're not telling – thanks for supporting us, but we're not telling that story anymore. Or things you know, things like The Glades or <laughs> other types of shows that have had fourth season. Uh, you come to a, a an ending that you're just like, really? You're going to cancel it after that? Well, every, every show should film like a five-minute wrap <laughs> yes. just in case that they can air – and just scrap it the next season if you get picked up. But just film it just in case. I'm still wondering what went on with Flash Forward. And that was only one season, but I was totally invested in it. And I'll just never know. See, I'm I'm less... If something gets canceled somewhere into its first season because it didn't, you know, garner an audience, I'm, you know, while if I was, in, you know, a fan of it and watching it, I would want to know... But I'm less disappointed by those things. Right. It's something where I've invested multiple seasons into something, and the network just goes, "See ya," you know. And <laughs> it's just uh, it makes you less willing to invest in in a new show, like you know, like say something like Ravenswood for ABC Family. I mean, they've cut a lot of shows that have had a big serialization to them. <laughs> Where they've just dropped them at the end of two or three seasons or something like that, and just all those people never get any type of conclusion to this story they've been invested in for uh, a period of time, you know, a large period of time. And, uh, you know, A&E is becoming like that with some of their shows. I have to say, I, I, I'm very supportive of recently of the CW and Sci-Fi who have... When they cancel stuff, they've at least given enough notice or uh, to be able to give final episodes or they've created final short seasons uh, to, to end their series, which is, uh, is a trend I would like to see grow. Well put. Uh, lastly, uh, Netflix uh, has revived uh, the, another, another canceled show this guy. <laughs> uh, Netflix has revived uh, can- canceled Star Wars The Clone Wars animated series. Uh, for a sixth and final season, uh, so again, if uh, that's a show that went, you know, five seasons, people were watching it, not just kids you know, that were watching that right. that show, and uh, just because of the way things happened with the Disney and you know buying Lucasfilm and stuff like that, they decided to go a different way, and so they just decided to cut it. And I'm glad that they were able to work out a deal with you know uh Netflix to be able to bring a closure to that that period of the story you know and uh you know especially for people that spent you know five seasons of watching that's of watching that show well I'm super excited about this one and of course just knowing that they've got the momentum building up towards JJ Abrams episode 7 of Star Wars I think this is a win-win situation to me, it's like you can still decide to change and go a new direction, but they could have produced a you know a final season of this without all this you know canceling it and bringing it back and all this stuff. It just seems like uh, they could have done that uh, from the get go. But uh, for fans of that, they'll uh, they'll be able to get a, a closure to that a story arc. And uh, lastly. Uh, TNT has canceled uh, Mob City after its one uh, short season of six episodes, which uh, I couldn't get past 
I, somewhere into the second episode, I think I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, and not surprising that it didn't uh, get picked up because it did not do well at all. I heard the reviews and didn't even want to try it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, the, the reviews were bad and the, the ratings were bad. And for something that big, sort of high profile and sort of a shortened season to go in that winter break where there wasn't a lot of other stuff. And it just it just died. You know? <laughs> like, nobody nobody was watching it. And uh, it, I, I don't think they missed a whole lot. All right. That'll do it for the news. And uh, we'll jump into the next segment, which is uh, Amazon Pilots uh, 2014. Uh, Amazon has, uh, they released a, a handful of pilots uh, last year. And uh, from those, uh, they ended up picking up uh, Alpha House, which we mentioned is getting a second season, and also Betas, uh, a couple of comedies. Uh, this year, they've got five more pilots uh, out there for you to watch. And, uh, you know, you can uh, vote on them, review them. Uh, they say that that is part of how they're deciding what they're going to pick up is based on, uh, I don't know, how much, how well they get reviewed or how many people watch them really plays into uh, how they make their decisions going forward. But uh, it does give you a little bit of a chance to feel like it, what it might be to sit inside <laughs> uh, as a studio exec and get all these pilots that and, and watch them and decide – you know which ones uh, you would pick up, and so that's what we're going to uh, to do now. Uh, we'll we'll put on our our, our Amazon Studio exec hats and, uh, <laughs> and pretend <laughs> we just saw these pilots. And uh, first up, we'll talk about their uh, comedy pilots. They've got three comedy pilots: uh, Mozart in the Jungle, uh, The Rebels, and Transparent. And uh, quick question. Those were supposed to be comedies? Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh. The last one. It's a shocker. That was, uh, that was, uh, what, that was my response, uh, too. Uh, from those, uh, The Rebels is the one that looked most like a comedy. Like, it felt most like a, it was trying to be funny, at least. <laughs> you know, it felt sort of sitcom-y. But, uh, uh, we'll start out with uh, Mozart in the Jungle, which, uh, is set in the world of the the New York Symphony, He's sort of behind what you know, in and around some of the people there, which I think is an interesting idea. <clears throat> I like the idea of it as it being a story or a you know, but it felt more like a drama almost or a dramedy, almost even like if it just would have been like ten minutes longer that you know it would have been like an hour. What would have been the amount of time for like an hour drama? I like the idea of it in that it was a show not set in a hospital you know, or police station, a, a police, firehouse. Station, <laughs> police station or, or law firm, you know, type of thing. It, it was an, you know, something set in a different world. I, I like those type of things where you explore, uh, you know, you explore some of the same human drama, but in a different backdrop. And I keep using the word drama a lot with this show because it felt more like a drama. Do you do you not agree with that? I I didn't think it was as drama y as one of the other ones. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I I actually really enjoyed this one. I was surprised because I saw Jason Schwartzman listed on the on the names of who was involved, and I've never liked anything he's been involved with. But it's also Paul White's who 
newsy about a boy guy. So I went in expecting like a drama comedy type of thing. And I actually really enjoyed it. I liked the unique premise. Uh, the music was good. The actors were good. Um, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing more of this. But it felt more like one of those cable comedies, which aren't ever really comedies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, like, like it sh- it should be on Showtime or, or HBO or something. What do you yes. think, Wayne? For myself, I think the New York Symphonies are going to sue this show for libel. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought it, it was absolute trash, and I can't believe that Malcolm McDowell and Bernadette Peters were involved. I, I just thought, <laughs> what on earth is going on here? I. I I, I thought that was the worst of all the pilots. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah. My worst is coming up. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I didn't think it. I didn't think it was the the worst, but uh, I didn't think it was that great. And also, I didn't think it was uh, you know all that funny. But yet, like I said, if it was set up as sort of like a comedy drama, I kind of would be interested in seeing a little bit more of this one. Although it did some of the things felt weird, like. The symphony felt really small, you know, type of thing. There were some, there were some, you know, weird sort of. You could tell that like budget type things where they couldn't go necessarily as maybe as big as they wanted to. But yeah, that one, uh, that one was, I think, uh, the most interesting overall of the ones that were titled uh, uh, comedies. Um, and so, so I think we have uh, two. Two sort of uh, yeses and and one absolute no on, on, on Mozart in the Jungle. Uh, next up uh, is The Rebels, which is a, a comedy set in a fictional uh, L.A. football in and around a fictional fic, whatever L.A. football <laughs> franchise. Uh, it's one of those weird things that always it kind of bothers me, but I know that there's no other way to do it. It's same sort of thing with like unnecessary roughness where all of a sudden they have to create all new teams and they've got teams and, and you're just like, but every everybody else in that world is is real. Like, there really are all these other NFL-like players and all these other real people exist in the world, but we have this whole other set of franchises uh, of professional football. That never bothers me because I don't even... <laughs> I, you could, I wouldn't even know what's real and what's fake. <laughs> but in this case... We'll start with you, Wayne. What do you think of the Rebels? Now, that one kind of sucked me in because I'm a huge football fan. And, of course, my area here in Southern California, we don't really, you know, there's the San Diego Chargers, but they're a few hours away. They took away our L.A. teams. So knowing that they've got the Los Angeles Rebels on the show, it kind of sucked me in. I always like that kind of concept. I don't know, you know, just because it's not an over-the-air network show. I don't know why Amazon went to the extremes with the profanity, sexual situations, and all of that in just about every single one of these pilots. But I think this show might have some potential. For me, if they tone it down, it'll have a lot more potential. But the two main stars really had a presence on the screen and good chemistry with each other. I could really see uh, this working. How about you, Kyle? I definitely agree with you there on the profanity. I was surprised because when I think of Amazon, I think of something I can stream <laughs> at my desk at work while nope. having lunch. It's not something I – because I never stream stuff. I never stream stuff at home. So that, that I was shocked by that in all these pilots. But I don't know what you're talking about. A monkey getting high on cocaine and shooting a gun at people, that was <laughs> that was overboard. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler but, alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> but uh, I really – I actually really enjoyed this. I, I 
I'm not a, I'm not a sports person, but I actually really enjoy this. I found it incredibly predictable. Like you can definitely see where it's going with these characters in the next uh, if it gets picked up in the next few episodes. But to me, it was just a, a good comedy that was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was probably my favorite out of the out of the comedies. For me, this is the one I would say is the most deserving of the title of comedy, <laughs> like <laughs> out of the three is is at least it looked and felt like a comedy and not a, I didn't find a lot of it funny and some of the stuff was just like way way over the top like you mentioned the the monkey stuff and uh it was that all that type of stuff was just ridiculous it really bothered me I I love Natalie Z she's great I you know in everything justified the following you know <laughs> Under the dome, wherever she pops up, uh, I'm more than happy to watch her. But this character of being a former cheerleader that became the wife of, uh, you know, the owner of a pro football team, the whole thing around her calling uniforms costumes, yeah. and, you know, just I was like, it, it just I, I hated that so much just because I didn't believe it. I didn't believe anybody. <laughs> that had been a pro football cheerleader and had then lived for years with the owner of a pro football franchise would not know what they were called. You know, that just felt like they were trying to make her dumber than she needed to be as a character. She could have been, she could have still known a little bit about football and not been a huge football fan and not known the business of football and not been a good business person and the story arc would have still worked but they seemed to have needed to try and make her like this dumb like this dumb cheerleader that knew nothing and i was just like it that that whole story point just it sort of took me out of it i couldn't i didn't buy it maybe it's because i've seen her in other things where she's much smarter or something i don't know <laughs> but but it was the one that i could see had the most potential to be a comedy that situation they could find a lot of uh you know they could have a lot of fun with the inside the the pro football type of thing you know the old boys network uh, type of thing but they they kind of went over the top with some of that stuff too and but then yeah some of the uh some of the profanity and some of the situations they uh, a lot of these things seem to have start out with like within like the opening segment they like hit you in the face with something. You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess yeah. that, I guess that warning at the beginning was, <laughs> was real. You know, the, that wasn't part of the joke yeah, of what was, yeah. of what was coming. So, uh, with the, uh, I think we have, uh, three sort of yeses for, uh, for the rebels. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, lastly on the, uh, quote unquote comedy front <laughs> was uh transparent which when it started and started playing i thought i had accidentally clicked onto some low budget independent movie uh <laughs> because that's what it felt like that horrible t even the title sequence was bad <laughs> it, it it i was like really this it it didn't feel like a tv show no you know, episode it it felt and it just sort of went from you know the way things cut from one scene to another, and then the story that they're telling. I was like, where? How did this, other than it being a half hour? How did this get classified as a comedy? I mean, it was the most 
drama of the comedy uh, uh, pilots. What do you think, Kyle? I thought this was definitely the worst out of all the pilots <laughs> to me. Like, I, I applaud them for trying to go for, like, some new subject matter that probably has never been covered in a drama or a comedy before. But overall, I mean, they had a really good cast, but it was just awful. It was slow. Like, none of the characters I I could even relate to or even liked. And it's like, plus, like you said, like this one, like nudity right off the bat when the thing started. It's like this is nothing I would ever like sit there and watch at work. And it wouldn't be anything I'd really want to sit down and watch anytime. Like it was just like depressing and and <laughs> not not a comedy whatsoever. Those are those are words you want to hear when describing a comedy. <laughs> Even the big C was more of a comedy, and that was about someone having cancer. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, what do you think, Wayne? Well, hopefully, some executives from Amazon are listening because uh, it was horrible. I want, I want that portion of my life back. I, I cannot say anything constructive. I forgot it was even a TV show. I thought it was like a Saturday Night Live parody of it. It, it was horrible. Let next. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah, it just just the way it was all the, the way it was shot and all washed out and cut together and I it, seriously it was like some low budget indie flick, you know, or short film that you were that that you were watching, uh, that uh, that the 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 low like the one scene in there where the where the dad talks about how. His kids are terrible. I was like, I agree. There's nobody, yes. there's nobody in here to like root for really or get behind. There's of of the, uh, you know, it's it, except for maybe the dad, but he is you know really sort of a sad uh, character too. And and there was just oh, it was it was hard to it was hard to watch. And uh, so I think uh, I think we got three. <laughs> Absolute no's on, 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 on transparent. No. Never. <laughs> and uh with that we'll move we'll move to the drama pilots. They have uh two uh dramas, uh Bosch and the After. And uh uh Bosch is uh a, a cop drama built off of uh, uh a series of novels uh with the that has the title character of Bosch. Uh, which uh, I'm blanking on the, the author's name. Is it Michael Connolly or yeah, something like that. Uh, there's there's I don't know. I think there's like ten or fifteen uh, uh, books out there with that character. And uh, what do you think, Wayne? Well, now we're talking. It, it, things are starting to look up for for Amazon for me. Uh, of course, right off the bat, having a couple of veterans from Lost on the show, uh, Harry Bosch played by Titus uh, Welliver, and. I think the character's name was Irvin Irving or something like that, played by Lance Reddick, who was on Lost and on Fringe. So that caught my eye right away. I'm usually not sucked into the cop detective dramas that much, but I thought this one may have taken a huge chunk of Amazon's budget. It seemed to be very high quality, uh, very well acted. Again, no need for the profanity just because you're on Amazon, but uh, – I wanted to find out more, like what they're actually up to because they're tying a couple of stories together. I just thought it was pretty well done. It wasn't my favorite of all the pilots, but I would say it's my second favorite. And that one I would watch Bosch again when it continues, hopefully. How about you, Kyle? 
Sorry, this is the one that I, I disagree with you. Really? I found this so boring. Uh, like, I just, it was way too slow paced. I, I didn't like the noirish type of feeling to it. And, um, like, the thing that, like, this is supposed to be a pilot, and yet they show these two intertwining stories, one of the case and one of his own trial, and we don't get a resolution to either of them at the end. Sure. Like, I can't imagine that either of these are going to be, like, a season-long uh, thing that they that they go with. So I'm surprised they didn't at least resolve one or both of those type of things when they were going along. But, uh, yeah, it had a great cast, like Amy Aquino and the other people that you, you mentioned, but... I just uh, I just didn't like this. I, I wouldn't watch this again. Well, I would. Uh, I I really liked it. It was my favorite of the five oh, pilots oh. Uh, overall. <laughs> and uh, one, because it was the most polished, it opened and felt like you were watching a t- you know you were watching an, uh, a TV show. And I liked the the setup of it. Is I disagree, Kyle. I think that. The stories that they're telling are going to be uh, season-long stories of over the course of like ten episodes or something like that, and that was something else that I liked is that uh, they're telling you know a longer form story uh, of this of these characters and 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 what's going on. They're not doing your normal police procedural where you get uh, you know a case in every episode, but also but it also felt different than something like you know the killing that you know takes that takes multiple episodes to solve one case uh it it felt it felt different than something like that that they weren't necessarily going to hang you out to dry with uh, red herrings and all kind of stuff that it was more about the Bosch character himself and how he you know deals with these situations and and some of the people around him and uh, i i really liked it it was a little slow uh they probably could have cut out about five scenes of people smoking and, yes. <laughs> and, it, and and there still might have been too many of them but overall it, it had the best cast from top to bottom like almost everybody that appears in it you've like recognized from something else so i i really i really liked it and when it came to an end it did you know leave you with you know without a resolution but it also left me going oh i wish i could watch the next episode right now and uh none of the other ones did that Oh, I, 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 I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't talked about the last one yet, but so we got uh, on Bosch. We have uh, two for and uh, one against uh, it. It coming back, and uh, lastly, the after, uh, which is uh, the the Chris Carter from uh, the creator of the X Files, uh, his latest uh, foray into uh, TV, and. Uh, well, we'll start with you, Wayne. What do you think? This was my favorite of the bunch. <laughs> now, <Yeah. laughs> although it's certainly not perfect, um, it's, the after is nowhere near. <laughs> well, but see, I can overlook a lot. I can overlook a lot. You have it, to. It, it had a very much the same feel as Flash Forward, and in some ways, as Lost, and also that uh, short-lived series, The Event. It was a little violent. And a little evil, spooky at the very, very end of the the pilot, 
And again, Amazon with the with the profanity. I thought I was watching District Nine with all the f words <laughs> and and needless nudity. It j- that whole scene could have been cut. What are you but, What are you talking about? Of course, in the middle of some sort of apocalyptic <laughs> event, you're going to go skinny dipping in a pool. Well, <laughs> I mean, come I'm, on. <laughs> I it, it, again. I said pointless, totally unnecessary. But the story has me sucked in. Much like how Bosch was for you, Jason. I really want to see the next episode. I want to see what is behind this. Why do these people all have the same birthday? Uh, what's with the, the other mysteries? I don't want to give out too much in the spoiler realm if someone hasn't seen it yet. But uh, I think they could polish this up a bit more. And I want to see what happens. I, I will be watching and hoping they tone it down at least a little, though I doubt they will. How about you, Kyle? I completely agree with Wayne on this one. This was my favorite. Just right from the start, it reminded me a lot of that Survivors show uh, from a few years back where you get all these weird people from all different walks of life, like all thrown into this thing where they now have to survive together and help one another. You you want to know what the quote-unquote event is, even though I don't really want to equate it to that. Um, like, I thought it was really well done. It was suspenseful. Like, the twist, the weird supernatural stuff at the end, uh, I'm not really completely sold on that, but I like that there's all these mysteries that they introduce. Like, you want to find out how all these people are related, what's really going on, what happened. And, I, like, it looked like they threw a ton of money at this thing because the special effects look good. Like, crowd scenes, like, tons of people in, like, I wasn't expecting that when they started off just a very small cast, like, stuck in an elevator, and then, like, they blow it up to much bigger... Uh, thing near the end, but I, I I thought this is great. This is easily my favorite, and I definitely want to see this one get picked up. I have to disagree with both of you. Wow, <laughs> let's hear it, Jason. Uh, well, well, yeah. From sort of a mystery sort of standpoint, there's some interesting things, but from the characters that they set up, uh, just completely terrible, uh, and some some bad acting from some people that you know I've seen in better things. And just, they don't show it, and it felt low budget. Like <laughs> That's for, like the complete opposite of what I felt. <laughs> uh, it felt so low budget. There's, the, it, I like the way it started out small, that sort, of a, that, that sort of mystery, what's going on. Something happens, they get out of the elevator, they're trapped. But when she finally makes it out, yes, they give you sort of like one sort of big sort of scene of, of some people. But for the most part... They show her looking at things that they never show you. You know, that that, that type of stuff feels uh, really small uh, where you're trying to make something seem big. But yet, is there really anything that she's looking at? Like, what is she looking at in the distance? What what's going on? They show you one sort of overall shot of uh, uh, of, of these things. They show two helicopters run into each other for who knows Whatever reason, like, <laughs> so you could tell they were in L.A. because it said uh, LAPD on the helicopter uh, to to create some more some more chaos. Uh, things like it's just completely jam packed all of a sudden with people and cars, but yet once they once they push through a little bit, they're able to just hit clear roads, you know, to to get out of uh, to to get out of downtown somehow. Uh, I. I <laughs> There, there was just so many things that that made me question things, and then you don't get really anything until the very, very end, uh, 
And some of it, they could have done a much better job setting things up with the uh, some of the uh, either the connections between the people or uh, whatever, and, and some connections between this group of people and the event that happens at the end of the episode. The when the the Hispanic guys showed up, those that was that was unbelievably terrible. Like the, 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 you probably didn't like the event or flash forward or any of those. No, shows. but it just felt like they they didn't even try and do a good job of creating these. They they just they felt so like really bad versions of some gang members or something. And you know, and then one of the main characters is whoa. What what are the odds of having a loud Irish drunk guy? Jeez, the, some of the characters were terrible. It, it just there were too many there were too many bad things to overlook it to make the mystery there the mystery and the mystery wasn't enough to, for me to overcome those things. But they had a, cl- a clown, an actress, a lawyer, a policewoman, all stuck in an elevator. Uh, and uh, Sharon Lawrence apparently some for some reason uh, much older. Than, than she that actually Sharon, is. That was Sharon Lawrence? <laughs> yes. Was it? The old lady <laughs> that owned the house. Really? Was Sharon Lawrence dressed up as an old lady. <laughs> I think it's all part of the mystery. Yes. I, I think it, the only reason that's there is because at some point in time, she's going to become younger. <laughs> so they had to make her look older. And it, it just seemed really bad. And that character seemed really bad. It's, oh, there was too much... But they did do the diabetic thing right with her. <laughs> they didn't think, oh, she needs insulin. <laughs> they knew she needed sugar, which I was very happy to see, <laughs> rather than on every other show where they, they, oh, no, they're going nuts. They need insulin. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, well, for me, so for there are uh, two yeses and a one no. <laughs> <laughs> one big no. So, uh. Overall, I think uh, there was, on an overall basis between the three of us, there was a couple of the comedies and both of the dramas we'd like to, on an overall basis, (laughs) that we'd like to see. uh, uh, But uh, for me, most of all, I would like to see them uh, pick up Bosch. That's the one I'd like to see go forward. I think the most out of all of those. How about you, Kyle? Which one would you like to see the most out of? Uh, Definitely the after for me. And uh, Wayne, you said that one was your uh, your favorite as well. Yeah, I would go with the after. If they said if they're only going to pick up one, or might they pick up two, and then we could get Bosch as well. You know, maybe if they were to pick up the after and they could give it a little more budget or something, that uh, maybe it would uh, it could improve some of those problems that it had in the first episode. But uh, but uh, if you've uh, out there, if you've watched the Amazon pilots. Uh, let us know which ones you'd like to uh, uh, you'd like to see uh, Amazon pick up this year. I assume that they'll pick up at least two, you know, like they did last year. Who knows? I would like to see them pick up a drama or something. Something. Uh, I think either the Bosch or uh, and the After to a lesser extent could uh, get them a little more press on a larger scale than some of their comedies did. Uh, picking those up at because you've seen what uh, with like Netflix, they've gone big into these couple of big dramas that have really hooked people and uh, able to get uh, more, you know, more press for their original offerings out of that type of stuff. 
Yeah, they, they could be taken a lot more legitimately because the comedies do not hold a candle to the Big Bang Theory. So focus on the dramas. Those the fanboys will love it. Now, did they even have any drama pilots last year or was it all comedies? Well, they had they had things like Zombieland, which were hour. I think were was like an hour long version of the show. I can't remember if that I don't think that was just a half hour. It seemed I can't remember exactly, but it seemed like they had even more. Uh, I think they had like seven or so of the adult type uh, pilots last year or something like that. It seemed like they had more than five overall. Uh, but yeah, but other than uh, Zombieland and the two that they picked up, I couldn't. I I don't remember them at all. <laughs> you know that <laughs> they had one musical one. I remember that it was like a musical sitcom, which was terrible. Yeah, there <laughs> was a. I, I I can't even you know I, I can't even remember. So that 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 tells you uh, is the quality of stuff yeah. that they that they, they kind of had i think this is overall i think it's a even from the ones i didn't like i think it's a step forward for amazon i think uh, it, a a lot more recognizable faces in the cast of these shows and uh, a lot more uh, either based on things you know like uh, bosch based on a book series or things coming from you know, recognizable producers like Chris Carter. Uh, I think there's uh, a lot more behind some of these uh, pilots than they had than they had last year as well. Yeah. All right. I think that'll do it for uh, talking about the Amazon pilots, and we'll uh, head to the uh, primetime segment. And uh, Kyle, you can take a couple minutes off here as uh, <laughs> Wayne and I talk about it. <laughs> First up is Revenge. <laughs> Season 3, episode 13, uh, Hatred, was the last uh, episode that aired a few weeks ago. And uh, uh, Wayne uh, Wayne podcasts on uh, TV Talk about revenge, don't you? Isn't that correct? Yes, I do. Myself and my uh, co-host, Troy. Yeah, see, I was trying to... I was trying to up the ante and make it three guys talking about revenge, but I just couldn't make it happen. Kyle doesn't watch. <laughs> I watched the episode, and I couldn't believe how much has changed. I didn't recognize oh, really? half the characters. and Well, because the last time I watched was halfway through season two, and there's like a oh, whole okay. new cast of characters. Yeah, they've done they've done away with some a few people, and they, there's, there's, there's some uh, you know, new people around. Uh, uh, but what do you think of... Uh, of this season of revenge so far, uh, Wayne, and uh, and where we left off here in uh, hatred. Well, this is my Sunday night guilty pleasure TV show. Troy and I have even mentioned that on our show. Um, I really think this season three that the producers went back to make it feel more like season one, even though a lot of the characters are different, like you mentioned, Kyle. Uh, and this was the kind of winter finale episode before taking all the time off for the Olympics and everything like that. And they really threw in a lot of different things that hopefully we get resolutions on. You know, all of a sudden we find out that Emily has been blacking out. And for the first time ever, we get some actual sympathy for Victoria Grayson. You know, we learn the supposed truth behind her uh, being raped as a teenager when she became pregnant with Patrick. And uh, so some sympathy there. And then, of course, the huge cliffhanger at the end is – She's not really sleeping with uh, Papa Grayson. <laughs> what is going on there? <laughs> yeah, there's a they've got they've got a lot of stuff going. I definitely think that they sort of went back to basics. the The second season suffered from what a lot of uh, shows suffer from, where they they thought they needed to get bigger, 
You know, right. they, they, they thought they needed to go bigger and they, you know, they had this whole big conspiracy thing behind that. And, and then basically they finally just, for the most part between last season and this season, just did away with it. <laughs> just like they've, they've been taken care of. They're gone. Let's get back to, uh, these, these people are terrible. They really were the cause of, uh, you know, my father's death and, uh, and uh, let's get back to, to taking these people out. And so it, the, it made this, the season more interesting with, you know, the plan leading up to, uh, you know, the wedding and, and all the things that uh, Emily had going, uh, uh, this last few episodes, last couple episodes, what seemed interesting is, uh, is they've added in that there's a lot of people out for revenge. <laughs> exactly. In, in this. Now it's not just like, uh, Emily out for revenge and, you know, and now on a, on a renewed scale, like she was ready to give up there for a little bit. Uh, but she's back on track now, but yet, you know, her mentor's uh, daughter is, is out for revenge and, uh, it's just too bad that it's her, you know, that, that they really know who, who killed her father. But there were every, it just seemed like a, a bunch of different characters started to have their own little, uh, like I'm gonna I'm gonna get so and so type of thing, and so that could lead to some interesting things. Oh, uh, absolutely! In, in the in the second part of the season, with everybody having a plan, trying to get to somebody, and uh, see see where where that could that could go. But overall, I think the season has definitely been much improved and much more fun, like it was in the first season. Yeah, there's definitely a juicy fun about it because you're like, really, people? Seriously? And, you know, it's a TV show. So I am totally on board with Emily's quest for revenge and Nolan's as well. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of revenge he might dish out against Patrick and others that have been wronging him as well. Yeah, <laughs> just a, it is a full steam ahead for revenge on all sides. <laughs> March 7th, yeah. it all comes back. Or March 9th, I'm sorry. I was just surprised at how soapy the show has become. Like, just down from, like, they even went with a who shot Emily Thorne uh, <laughs> yeah. type of thing. Exactly. Her whole, like, cauterize the wound with a fire poker. Awesome. Like, it's just way out there. <laughs> Over the top. <laughs> but yet fitting within the show, but not so big like things got out of hand in season two. It's, it's like over the top on a smaller scale, and uh, which uh, which I think works for the show. And uh, yeah, as you said, it, it comes back, but it'll be, uh, I think as of that night, it starts an hour later. It's going to... Yes, it, it's, it'll uh, a resurrection will be premiering, and it'll it'll follow that. Uh, it'll be uh, once upon a time resurrection and revenge. Yes, and all three of those shows uh, come back on March 9th. so that's going to be a huge night on ABC. Yeah, because uh, they've had nothing <laughs> for, for what seems like forever now uh, going on on uh, on Sunday nights, and uh, it'll be it'll be good to see those. Uh, those shows coming back and uh and resurrection is uh resurrection is really good but uh we'll save that for the spring preview uh next week and uh next up on the primetime list is uh sherlock uh season three episode three uh his last foul which is uh uh the the or the season finale <laughs> of the <Yes>. short yeah. <laughs> short season 
And uh, we'll start with you, Kyle. What did you think of uh, of the the third season and and where they they took things in the in the season finale? So I I thought the season as a whole was really fun. Like I loved in the first episode, you had all the various theories as to what really happened and how he survived. Then the second episode, you had the fun, whole fun wedding speech and all that. Uh, This one, I was really liking the character of Mary. And then they had to go and make her evil, which was so (laughs) disappointing because I thought they they were perfect together. Her and John, like the way she treated Sherlock, like she was like the only one that was like, really friends with like both of them so i was a little disappointed that they suddenly made her this evil person or hiding stuff from john but i mean they sort of made everything okay in the end but but we'll see how that goes um the one other thing that i didn't really care for is the whole um what's it called his his dream mind palace that he goes to like the whole thing in this episode where this guy didn't really have any proof on anyone he just had in his mind palace to me anyone could just call him out on it he said oh i can just print it and it doesn't have to have actual proof i mean all it takes is one person to call this guy out if he can't prove any of these theories then he becomes harmless so uh, I, I'm interested to see how they left it whenever we get another season. Like, uh, <laughs> like what happens? Like Sherlock suddenly just kills a guy. I mean, that's like, granted, your brother can sort of try to hide it or whatever, but still, they're not just going to let you go because you you killed someone. And the whole thing with Moriarty, maybe he's not so dead. Um, I don't know how that happened. You could start a whole another round of theories on how he survived. Exactly. <laughs> but. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what they do when they when they come back in whoever knows how many years that happens. Yeah, well, if they actually bring back Moriarty and he's not actually dead, they need better than some. They need to give it an actual, actual <laughs> way that that happened. Like, yeah, <laughs> they, they can't have just the 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 fun that they did like in the first episode where they give you multiple theories and they never really tell you how he did it. True. They they can't they can't go that route with, with something like when 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 you see somebody shoot themselves and bleed out, yeah, they, <laughs> they need to give a really good explanation for how that was faked or how that really wasn't him or whatever. Uh, going forward, uh, what do you what do you think, uh, Wayne? Well, I'm going to totally agree with both of you on those points. The whole Moriarty thing at the end it kind of disappointed me because I find it impossible unless they're going to go insane with alternate universes which is not Sherlock's way of doing things so I thought that was a bit of a downer I also agree with the mind palace I thought that was a little bit of a comp out but on the other hand I thought the entire season three even those three what 90 minute episodes I thought it was brilliant I think the acting is beyond fantastic the production is Top-notch, very clever. In my opinion, Sherlock is must-see TV. It's just a whole different level of television, and the actors are just fantastic. And like you said, it might be at least a year, year and a half till we get the next uh, season or series of it. But uh, I, I loved it. It's just amazing. And I was totally stunned that Sherlock did actually shoot that guy at the end because, you know, in in California, I mean, in America, it's a little more common on crime shows. But, you know, for the British law enforcement folks to do something like that, uh, even somebody like Sherlock, that really was just I was floored. Yeah. As a as a situation, it 
of, of something that they need to get it would need to get him out of. I was sort of surprised, but I knew he was going to shoot the guy from when he asked John if he had his gun with him <laughs> before they left after he drugged his family. But I also basically thought that this guy was so smart and he had this mind palace uh, that he kept all this, that he, you know, access to all this information in, but yet he was dumb enough to tell somebody that he didn't actually have any backup copies or anything that it actually was all in his head. So of course, if you shoot him, <laughs> it all goes away. <laughs> I thought that, I thought that that was just really dumb for somebody that was supposed to be sort of a pretty smart, you know, formidable bad guy to just sort of, I guess like you, Wayne, he didn't think that anybody was going to just shoot him either. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but I thought as he's the whole time, as he's telling him this, I was just going, well, you just kill him and, and he's gone for a second. I thought that, that like uh Sherlock's brother was going to be like, he had figured something out and realized whatever. And they were going to take him out and it was all going to be solved that way. Uh, but they, uh, they ended up, you know, having Sherlock do it, which was a little weird. But then, you know, to sort of get him out of it, they are like, well, we're going to end up sending him on this mission that he basically, they had mentioned beforehand, he wasn't likely to come back from because it was that dangerous. Right. But then you get the uh, the Moriarty stuff and they're like, oh, turn the plane around. <laughs> <laughs> we need the brain of Sherlock Holmes back uh, on on uh, you know British soil to uh, t- to take care of this, and uh, you know, so of course in the next season he can take care of that, and then all will be uh, forgiven, and they can go into whatever they'll do for the fifth season. Uh, but overall, I really liked I really liked the last episode because it was more of an actual sort of mystery over the course of the the whole episode. You know, like the wedding episode, it had a mystery, but it had like a lot of different parts. And then they finally, they kind of came together uh, at the end. Uh, and then the first one had a mystery, but there was a lot of setup of getting them sort of back together. And so the mystery felt a little smaller there too. Uh, this one felt the most like, you know, some of the ep- episodes from the previous seasons where the whole episode was really about uh, uh, this stuff. I kind of like the, the idea that they... You know that they expanded the Mary character even more. Uh, I like from the beginning that they that they went away from the possibility of the Mar- of the Mary character being the you know the drag on the situation, like the uh, always complaining about John going off with with Sherlock or something like that. Yeah. I, I like that they didn't do that. I like that they created a character where she really liked Sherlock. She was even helped out in different occasions. But I also like that they set the that they set the groundwork for that. This is something that they had in mind for a while now. Uh, even in shortened seasons, they've they've set the groundwork from the very first episode that she was introduced, you know, and uh, all the way till till now with all the different things that you know Sherlock goes all the way back and puts those things all together to uh, uh, you know to figure out that why she was doing what she was doing. I also liked that they had both befriended the same woman for the same purpose, <laughs> which was to get <laughs> access you know, to this guy's place, uh, you know, to his office. And uh, I, they, they added an extra layer to her character. I wouldn't necessarily go as far as to say they made her evil. Like 
as you said, Kyle. But, <laughs> but uh, they made it look like that, like maybe for a little bit they were going that way, but really she was somebody that had done stuff in the past that uh, she didn't want to do anymore and she didn't want to have her life, you know. Uh, ultimately, you would think that if you were trying to hide that you may not hang around Sherlock, but, you know, because <laughs> the, the guy's bound to figure stuff like this out. Uh, but all those little type of things aside, it, it was a fun season. And uh, it's one of those where you wish it was more, but also if it was more, it might be, you know, it might become less. Although it would be nice if they could figure out a way to do these short seasons on a little bit quicker scale than you know two years away for the you know if they get you know like the like the previous break in between uh uh the the two seasons uh or season two and season three so but i do like that there's that like seasons four and five are pretty much on you know in the works uh that they're they're you know whenever they get a chance to do them they will be doing them and that these two character, these two guys like these characters so much that they've talked that they're willing to, you know, continue to do them as long as, you know, as as long as possible. So you know, you could they could possibly do them forever. Come back every few years or something like that and do another set. You know, after these uh, next couple. So, but overall, you know, good season. Yes. Yep. All right. Next up. Uh, we're also jumping back a little bit to uh, uh, the Big Bang Theory, uh, Season 7, Episode 15, uh, The Locomotive Manipulation, uh, which which was a really good episode overall. Uh, I thought it, it gave some uh, good character progression to a couple of characters. Yes. And it's, it's one of uh, Wayne's uh, favorite uh, shows. So uh, we'll start with you, Wayne. What did uh, you think of this episode? I thought it was pretty good. This whole season of the Big Bang Theory has, has had so many gems. And although I love, you know, a good drama or a sci-fi show, as far as something funny, I always turn to the Big Bang Theory these days. And, you know, we finally get the long-awaited kiss between Sheldon and Amy, although it didn't come together originally as being a romantic thing. But I got an idea that... Uh, Sheldon's thinking about it. And we get to fulfill Sheldon's love of trains. He was... Like geeking out <laughs> over the top. He was crazy. And Raj may finally have a new love interest, um, the vet, um, who's played by another Lost acting um, alumni. And yes, I'm a little bit obsessed with Lost still to this day. The uh, woman that played uh, Ben Linus's daughter, Alex, is the vet. And I have a feeling she's going to be returning to the show for future episodes. And uh, Raj can talk to her because she's a vet, without needing alcohol to send him on his way. Is that why he can talk to her? Because she's a doctor? No, well, I, they've they've sort of done away with uh, uh, his 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 needing, you know, uh, alcohol <laughs> to be able to talk to women. He he can now, he does, he, not that he doesn't get, you know, flustered or isn't uh, nervous about going to talk to, up to talk to a woman that he might be interested in, but, uh, you know, he can talk to you know, Penny and Amy, and he's able to, uh, he doesn't have to whisper everything to somebody. Just good point. Yeah. They, they, 
back a season or uh, last season, or I can't remember how far back now. Some, I think it was some time last season they finally did away with that, which was, which was something that was needed. Like if they were going to continue on multiple seasons, that that was something that uh, you got to allow these characters to grow, and you couldn't just leave that one character. You know, if you can marry off Howard, <laughs> you can't. Right. You yeah. can't leave this other guy not being able to talk to women at all. And so while he's still maybe oblivious, like he he was kind of oblivious to, you know, until he got the note, you know, that that she was sort of interested in him. And so I I like that that progression of uh, giving him, a you know, another potential romantic uh, person to, to deal with there. And because uh, because Raj dating is hilarious. I mean, that, there's a lot of fertile ground that they can work with yes. that. Yes, there is. <laughs> you know, especially if he's dating somebody that's a little more normal. This previous potential relationship was with somebody that was basically just as broken as he was uh, in some ways. And so, you know, it could be, uh, it, you know, interesting there. But also the, uh, I, I like that the how the, sort of the kiss came about where he was just sort of like upset and going, fine, well, this is romantic or this is romantic. And then he like, I thought it worked out really well where he just like kisses her and then really kisses her. Like, exactly. He, he like Two kisses, kisses her. In one. He like kisses her just as to make a statement. Then all of a sudden he like moves closer to her. And then it was sweet, especially on a Sheldon level where he had been invited to go, you know, up to the, up to, you know, meet the engineer or whatever and he invited her to come along with her you know with him you know which was obviously something that he wasn't necessarily interested in you know before uh because he was all over the train with the other guy that was into trains too uh that's the one thing like why after three years was she even still putting up with this like they have their they have their state of the relationship summit at the beginning it's like ridiculous like like it's painful to watch but it's also hilarious at the same time like you just like why is she putting herself through all this like there, like she calls him her boyfriend, but it's like more of a business arrangement than well, it, anything yeah. else. Like, well, it's kind of been that way, and I think they're starting <laughs> to progress it a little more. Uh, they have, you know, a little bit in the past, but I think it's also the reason she kind of puts up with it is ever since she was introduced, she was introduced sort of as the female Sheldon. But the twist on her character is that she was actually interested in stuff that like Penny likes. Uh, that was always interesting. It's like she was, she was sort of like a female Sheldon, but she was super interested in, in being like friends with somebody like Penny, and things that she's into. And so it was always an interesting character that they that they sort of created there. And so you can see her still sticking around, but it makes for some. I mean, she gets some of the best lines now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think going forward here that they can, you know, they can move things along a little, maybe a little quicker or something like that. But uh, the one thing I've liked in Big Bang Theory is uh, while occasionally they reset things and, and then try and come back to them, for the most part in the last couple of seasons, they've really begun to allow their characters to progress in a lot of uh, sort of the uh, 
uh, the Chuck Lorre sitcoms, uh, as they go long term, they tend to try and reset back to uh, normal, you know, or like what they were in the beginning. They, you know, they've done that for years on they did that for years on like Two and a Half Men and other shows. And that that's the thing I like finally about uh, they did that for a while, you know, with like Penny and and Leonard. They would get them together and then they'd break them apart. And now right. they've decided to finally just leave them together and, uh, you know, continue to move forward there. And yet the show still works. You know, you can allow your characters to grow, but they can still get into the same wacky and funny situations that these characters would get into. Uh, that's why I like a show uh, like Mom, uh, you know, from same same type of thing, is that even in the short run, they've allowed those characters to show growth. And it looks like they're actually telling stories character stories that they're telling within these comedies. Uh, and those those types of comedies are more interesting to me. It's like proof tra- that it can be done. Like transparent, they're telling <laughs> stories. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, but you gotta, you got to have comedy, too, for that to... Oh, <laughs> one minor detail. <laughs> All right. And uh, lastly in the primetime uh, segment is uh, Almost Human, uh, Season 1, Episode 10. It was the 10th episode to play. Uh, <laughs> Perception, which was filmed as the fourth episode of the series and was the first one to really, really feel out of place. When they, I don't, when I they don't know what you're aired. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what, just because all of a sudden he knows he has a drug problem. Like, like that never came up before. Yeah. Plus all of this stuff with the whole flashbacks back to the pilot, which we totally forgot about. Like, unless they're working that story back in about his girlfriend and the whole raid and everything, like... Well, see, to to me, some of the things that happened in this episode kind of make sense to have now into the the series. Uh, You know, if this... You know, to mention some of these things of the... You know, maybe some of the bigger story... But the way the episode was obviously filmed to be earlier, it didn't fit with what we've seen before. And so a couple things bothered me. One is it bothered me that if this actually played as episode four, that starting with episode five through eight and nine, the you know, actual episodes, those, you know, filmed as those episodes, you don't really get any mention of these things either. There's mm. and so part of the problem yeah. was that they had they saved this episode for later, and so it felt weird when you had episode five play as episode two and episode six play as episode three, that from the pilot to those episodes, it felt like you had this long string of episodes where things that were set up in the pilot weren't even mentioned. And then you had, like, episode, I think, like, episode three. I think it goes, it went episode one, five, six, seven, eight, three. Uh, nine two nine, ten two <laughs> four ten four no. yeah <laughs> or actually well, see, I think ten actually I think ten actually played before nine uh, so even those they they like reversed some order on things and so but yet this all of a sudden him the way Dorian reacts to him it seems like they're way past that all of a sudden he's popping pills again and you haven't seen him pop a pill in forever uh, yeah that that didn't work. All of a sudden, he's seeing this doctor again, and the doctor mentions that he's been here like five straight days, yet you've never seen him go to that part of town or <laughs> or mention the doctor in forever. It just 
it just so felt out of place. It makes me wonder, are they even going to be bringing back any of these things? Because, I mean, last week they had this whole thing about the wall and the whole new bad guy. And now all of a sudden we're going back to the original stuff with the with the Incendiate and and all that. Like, are they even going to bring back this whole raid stuff or are we – are they just showing this for no reason Are now? they going to hook those two together somehow or are they two sort of separate storylines uh, going on? Because there's there's some stuff about in the you know in the pilot and and stuff where they're you know they're working on other types of uh, androids and stuff like that and so I wonder you know how much of these two things you know sort of fit together but as a but as a whole it, this one really 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 felt out of place like <laughs> you the 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 relationship between Dorian and and Kinnix has so progressed past where we are in this episode. Yeah. And and then tonight's episode will air, and all of a sudden, probably, there won't be anything mentioned about what happened <laughs> in the last episode. It'll, it, you know, at least we'll probably get 11, 12, 13, like, in the proper order. I would assume they wouldn't <laughs> change those at this point. But, like, also in this episode, they mentioned something about people were, like, listening in on him. Like, I don't remember them bringing that up or trying to figure out who was the person listening in on them in the last, in the other five through. Well, see, that's the, thing, that's the thing that's bothered me, that also bothered me, is, like I said, is this, if this episode had actually played as the fourth episode... Five, six, seven, and eight still mention none of the things that get mentioned in the first <laughs> yeah. four episodes. It's like it's like they made this episode and then decided we're going to drop all these storylines, just all 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 of a sudden. And maybe that's why they shelved this. But then they figured, yeah. oh wait, it's getting late. We got to air this like at some point. You can't really air it after the season finale. Like then it really makes no sense. Yeah, it just seems you know because like when they finally aired like episode three or whatever and. And they they sort of that you know so they've kind of spaced these things out in what almost makes sense except that the way the episodes were filmed don't fit you know it's like some of these story elements like if he just now found out that somebody had been listening in at his apartment that would make sense now yes. in the storyline <laughs> but but the way they tell the story of them getting to that feel doesn't feel right. Uh, those types of things. And why does he just not care for <laughs> five episodes about figuring <laughs> out who is listening in on him? Like, and uh, and I and I get some of the Fox decided to because obvious because five, six, seven, and eight, the chemistry is really working between the characters and stuff like that. So I get them wanting to like put some stronger episodes earlier in its run to try and garner audience, but. As the season goes along, though, that audience gets thoroughly confused by these things yeah. when these things play later. They just blame it on a faulty uh, DRN. Like, <laughs> oh, he's going crazy. He doesn't remember how their their relationship. Is. I I want I want to get I want to see how they actually uh, like if it when uh, if a DVD gets released if they get release if like. The episodes actually play in the correct order, you know. Or, yeah, don't count on it. Or if they, or if usually they, play, they don't play in the order that were aired. Uh, but uh, I'd like to go back and actually watch this series in, in order, in created order, and see how it feels. Because there is there there is large periods of time either way 
where it feels like, like I said, like like you said, Kyle, if this had played as episode four and he had found a listening device, you would have think that in five through ten that somebody might have mentioned that before. That yeah. They might have still been looking at trying to figure out who had been listening in and uh, those those types of things. And, uh, you know, and that solves his his problem of how of how they found out about what he knew or whatever he may have been talking to somebody on the phone and they picked up his half of the conversation or whatever. And that's how that, that ambush happens at the beginning of the, of the season. Yeah. But they've done, they did so many things in that first episode that they haven't picked up on enough is I'm really interested to see what they focus on and go out on in the, the last three episodes. Like what is, what is it that they're going to focus on in the last three episodes to set up where things would pick up in a, well, where you would think they're going to set up for a future season? Who knows what they would do in a second yeah. season? Well, you never know what Fox is going to do with you know with this perception episode. It might have just kind of been a goof, and they didn't realize till later that these other elements were in there, and they don't have a way to explain them. So I think they're going to hope we forgot about some of the things that we learned. It's like what Fox did with a, an episode of Fringe. I think it was from season one. It played way out of order. They played it <laughs> in the middle of the next season, yeah. and it really made no sense. They should have just never aired it. Yeah, what, well, they did. When they a did dead the same character with, appears. Yeah. <laughs> he's still alive. Yes, <laughs> it made it really they, hard to podcast. They did the same thing it. with Touch too. They skipped an episode, then aired it over the summer as like some random special preview before season two, and then they aired season two in order. Like it was just very weird. You never know with Fox. That's true. I mean, they're doing it right now with Enlisted, which is a, a comedy. It sometimes is less harmful on a comedy, except that Enlisted is actually telling is a comedy that's trying to show some character growth of these characters over a period of time. And so, like, they showed an episode before the Super Bowl that included a football game in the episode, and that's why they played it, except... One of the characters is dating a woman that he doesn't meet until, you know, because that's supposed to be like episode like seven or eight that they actually aired as episode four. So like in the next episode, you'll see him like meet her <laughs> and then the next episode and the next episode, you'll see their relationship grow to the point that it was <laughs> in the episode that you've seen already. Wow. So, yeah, those type of things I don't I don't get. I don't know, because especially in something like. Almost human. You would think when you're setting up this type of TV show that has, they've done less so, but, uh, you know, bigger story arcs besides the case of the week, uh, you would think that it would be more important to play those episodes in in the correct order, but uh, apparently not. But uh, that's, uh, that's our primetime segment for this week. Let us know. If you're watching Almost Human, if you felt <laughs> that this episode was as out of place as as we felt it was. And uh, with that, we'll jump to uh, uh, the final segment, which is a TV on DVD picks for uh, Tuesday, February 25th. Mine is uh, Mama's Family Season 3. Uh, it's a, kind of a silly little show, but I I remember watching that all the time when I was younger. It was one of, it was one of my favorite shows. Uh, it's sort of a a character spinning off of the Carol Burnett show into its own sitcom. Really, really liked that show. And uh, also uh, uh, Law and Order Season 1 
uh, comes out on a DVD as well, which is uh, uh, which is one of those shows that I remember watching with my parents. It was like even as a young kid, like somehow they would let me stay up and watch <laughs> Law and Order, <laughs> which if you if you think back. It was one of the more risque you know, type of dramas. Uh, you know, now it would seem tame, but back right. then it was uh, it was one of the more risky uh, dramas on network, you know, television. And uh, Kyle, how about you? So I picked a pair of comedy releases that are two very different shows. Uh, the first is Legit Season 1, which is an FX show that moves to FFX, FXX. Um, it's a comedy starring Jim Jeffries. He plays like a – he's a stand-up comedian. comedy. <laughs> uh, no, it actually has – it actually has – well, it is one of those dramedy – well, it's a comedy with heart. How about we oh, put, put it that way? I was actually surprised. Like, I thought it was going to be one of these raunchy comedy type of things when I saw the ad. But it actually – I was actually pleasantly surprised by it. And it, it it's – I found it a lot of funny uh, – a lot of funny. <laughs> found it a lot of funny. <laughs> found it. It had a lot of humor, and it also had that drama in it as well. And then my other pick was um, the middle of season three. I have no idea why it's taken them this long. <laughs> season four is almost over, but it's finally coming out to DVD, and that's a show that I always really enjoy. It's uh, I know you hate uh, <laughs> Patricia Heaton or whatever. No, I, don't, I don't hate her. <laughs> uh, okay. I just. I've just never found the show all that all that funny when I've watched, but uh, I haven't watched it a whole lot. But uh, it's mainly the kids on that just make the show so hilarious, uh, and so I just really enjoy that show, and I'm glad that they're finally releasing. Yeah, they're not exactly releasing it so you can... <laughs> you can catch up to get... A, catch well, it's not one of those if there's a huge lot of yeah. character growth, <laughs> like others. I mean, the kids get older, but... It's not uh, – you're not really missing a lot. And uh, Wayne, how about you? Well, Jason and Kyle, since you guys picked all the best ones that were coming out <laughs> this week, um, I'm going to pick one that came out February 18th. I'm going to go with season one, Battlestar Galactica, the complete epic series. I don't know what, where they came up with the epic series. That's not what it was called. But way back in the day uh, when I was a, a little kid – there, there had already been Star Wars, and I didn't know if there was going to be any more Star Wars movies because we didn't have the internet to do research. So I got sucked into Battlestar Galactica. This is the original version. Of course, it's nowhere near as quote-unquote epic as the one on the Sci-Fi Channel. But this just brings back a lot of great cheesy TV sci-fi memories for me and you know, seeing Starbuck when he was a guy and all of the other great stuff for Battlestar Galactica. It's just a great period piece for the late 70s. Yeah, I, I think uh, in the repackaging it and putting it out again, they had to do something different, <laughs> so they called it epic. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's our uh, TV on DVD picks. You can find uh, links to those in the show notes at uh, tvtimes3.com slash 214, uh, as well as where you can find uh, links to uh, the news stories and where you can find Kyle and Wayne as well. Uh, we'll have uh, links to uh, their websites and uh, Twitters and whatnot uh, for you to follow them. And uh, let us know what you think about uh, any of the, the Amazon pilots that we talked about or uh, or the uh, the shows that we talked about. Or like I mentioned, I'd really like to hear your thoughts on what Fox has been doing with Almost Human if you've been watching. And uh, you know, let us know on uh, Twitter at TV Times 3 
And uh, next week, uh, Amory and Ray will be back with me, and uh, we'll be doing a little uh, preview of uh, Spring TV, uh, what's uh, coming here for Spring 2014, coming here at the end of February, uh, beginning of March. Uh, a lot of shows are returning, uh, but a whole bunch of new shows are, uh, as I mentioned, Re- Resurrection and things like The 100 and uh, all kinds of uh, new stuff is also hitting the airwaves to... Uh, to close out this TV season. And we'll be uh, talking about those and uh, when they'll be premiering. And uh, with that, we'll close with the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, thanks again, Kyle and Wayne, uh, for uh, joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a lot of fun. We sit glued to the TV set all night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.